On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, the ball team is back on the floor tonight hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. And as they get started with the second half of the season, why could this year be different? We'll tap into it next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook or locked on. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com backslash locked on today to get started. What's good, D? Oh, man, basketball is back. Finally, we get some games in. A lot of games also on the schedule for Thursday. So looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. Well, listen, thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 76ers. Welcome. Uh, your first listen, I'm Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, from the Enquirer.com, Sixers beat writer extraordinaire. That's Keith Pompey. And again, we thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. Remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. Locked on 76ers. Well, Keith, we're back at it tonight with Memphis in town. And also we, with them in town, we'll break down the game, give some keys to the game, some key matchups for the game in our final segment. Uh, the second segment, we will get into should there be any lineup changes? We talked about the conversation you had on my station uh, with one of the hosts and uh, the Tobias Harris part came up. Maybe we should talk about it a little more, see if there should be any other changes in starting five with two players in particular, and that is P.J. Tucker or the Anthony Melton, but we begin with the expectations again, three games out two, one game back of Milwaukee, three games back of the Boston Celtics and keep it where we are right now. We look at this basketball team, the injury to Giannis and Tenacumpo from the Milwaukee Bucks could open up some things a little bit if the Sixers take care of their business and with him, maybe not 100% or missing games in general. And as we look at things, man, I know a lot of the conversation with a lot of focus here in Philadelphia shifting from Eagles to the Sixers and with the Phillies also uh, on the horizon of why team, why fans are not as invested yet because they've been hurt before by this basketball team for the last five seasons, getting to the postseason and only getting as far as round number two. So question for you here to start things off and for our listeners and viewers if they want to check in uh, after they listen to this podcast and watch this podcast why could this year be different Keith with everything that they have James Harden a full year the lineup I mean part, part of me the personnel changes that have been made and they have a 38-19 record why could this team be different than the others you know, that's a tough question that, to answer, to be honest with you. I mean, you know, everyone's optimistic um, be, because, you know, you have James, you have Tyrese. Huh? I don't know that they are optimistic. Honestly. Well, you see, yeah, like, yeah. you know, so, I mean, you know, there, there are some who like drinking the Kool-Aid, I guess. But 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 to me, I mean, and that, that's a good way. I mean, good, good observation. But because I was about to say there are some who are optimistic, but. I'm not like, and, and it's not being a hater. It's just that I've seen this before. 
And but when you say to yourself, how, why can this, could it be different? And and the operative word is could, is because you look at James and you see how James has been playing as of late. Yeah. And and that gives you reason to be a little optimistic to say that, you know, maybe they can turn it around, right? You see that the two pickups they picked up in the uh in in, in the trade deadline. I mean, I'm here. I don't know, you know, as of it's still been early, but I haven't really seen a big upgrade in Matisse Seibel. Like I just haven't. I know he can make shots, uh McDaniels, but I haven't seen the upgrade on the defensive end that people has been talking about. And we're going to have to see that in order for them to go far. Um, Deadman, you know, he they give him they got another seven footer rim protector. So with that being said, you look at it and you say this year can be different because of that. But let's keep it one hundred. The only how it's going to be different is if Joel Embiid is healthy and playing at an extremely high level in the playoffs. That has to happen. And James Harden has to do the same. The rest of it is is good, but it's kind of like footnotes. I think those two players have to play at an extremely high level and and be healthy in order for this season to be different. For me, I'll I'll take the health out because I think I think we all know that we we all agree on that that with their history, especially his. Uh, take the health out, but it is it's a key piece. And I think that's just number one in the forefront for everybody. But I agree with you that the James Harden piece is really important all year. Um, he's had here with this team, even with the injury, he's still around the team. He's come back and he's played at a very high level where he probably should have made the all-star team, if not for only playing 41 of the team's 57 games due to the injury and the other players around the league playing more. Uh, also, uh, Keith, the, the depth that they do have there's a lot of variety now on this team. Will it perform in the playoffs? I don't know. But for what this team is right now, uh, why it could be different is because of all those things, the depth, and as you mentioned, the two All-Stars playing at a very, very high level. The other part is this, man. As we've looked and found and, uh, and really analyzed this team over the years in each loss that they had in the postseason, Keith, there was always something with this team that I'll say maybe only one time that a team actually beat them and the Sixers didn't beat themselves because they were always good enough. And I would give that to the Boston team very early in the playoff runs where they were just they were just out coached. They were just out skilled. They were all those things. It wasn't uh, the, the Celtics beat them. And the other series, when we go to uh, looking back at the at the Miami series last year, looking at the Toronto series, the year that they won the championship, the Atlanta series, they beat themselves. And we know about the bubble. That was the bubble. It was what it was. It could happen this year because this time, maybe they don't beat themselves. They have always been on the same level with those other teams, but they found a way to lose, whether it was injuries, whether it was inexperience, whether it was in Ben Simmons's case, uh, his performance, along with Joel Embiid's turnovers and the lack of sh- I mean, the lack of defense from the shooters when J.J. Redick, Ersan Ilyasova and Marco Bellinelli were here. Right. Ben Simmons having to uh, uh, not play well in those Boston series. T.J. McConnell have to start over Robert Covington. Right. It was always something this year. It seems like they have everything. And if it happens again, Keith, it will once again be most likely them. So in this case, I think that 
it could happen because for the first time, because of Harden, uh, we already know the MB factor and the depth. I think that this could be the year for those reasons that they finally get out of their own way and find a way to get over that top. Yeah. You know, my biggest concern about the 76ers is I'm starting to believe that they're just a regular season team. I mean, so again, that's know, them. That's yeah, not- that's them. That's them. Like, I, I don't know if they know how to win. Um, you know, I mean, you know, they're trying to figure it out. But when you think of it, you know, there's only I looked it up. This is the fourth time that they had. And we talked about a little bit yesterday, but this is the fourth time that they gone into the all star break with an above six, six, 60 percent, you know, percentile winning percentage during, right? during the Embiid era. Well, well, for, yeah, in the fourth year, I'm mean, excuse me, fourth year consecutive season that they okay. did it, right? Okay. They're the only team in the NBA that has done that. The only team for four consecutive seasons, right? And then you look at it, and, you know, I was told today that the Sixers have the best record in the NBA going back two seasons, like regular season. So they've been dominant in, in, in the season. Now, when you look at James Harden, a great player, but he's known for playoff failures, yeah. playoff struggles. You look at Doc Rivers. You know, he went out there and he won the chip in Boston. But since then, he's been known for second-round exits. You know, it's like, you know, you have P.J. Tucker who won a championship. Um, but that's it. Before that, you had Danny Green. The rest of these guys, for the most part, they did a lot of their damage on so-so teams, okay teams, whatever, but they all crumbled on they all were on squads that crumbled in the playoffs. So to me, like you said, it is them. It's them. But it's to a point where, you know, you gotta wonder, like, is this who they are? Now, again, maybe they could sh- show prove us uh wrong. Now, Dwayne Deadman was in the bubble championship, right? So you got two guys who were on championship uh in, in championship finals, but for the most part. These guys have struggled. Even DeAnthony Melton, he's been known to have in postseason uh, struggles. So, you know, like you said, that's them. And this year, they're going to have to. Sh- they're going to show us a lot to see what they can do because, for the most part, the coach, um, the star players, and even some of their role players have been known for struggles in the postseason. And again, just to be clear, for I think Keith and myself um, that. We know the opponents play a part, but we also looked at this team and felt like they should have advanced multiple times. And because of that, while there are things that the team did, more of the self-inflicted wounds came from the Philadelphia 76ers than those. So in this case, I I think this is the year that it could be why they finally get over the hump if they're able to hurdle over their issues that Keith just explained. Uh, On the other side, we'll talk about one of the things that could potentially change that. And that might be some lineup changes, maybe even as early as tonight. We'll get into it next, see how Keith feels, see how you all feel right here next, Locked On 76ers. You know what? Let's talk about FanDuel, right? You know what? I like FanDuel. D likes FanDuel. I think everyone loves FanDuel. And here's why you should love FanDuel, especially at this time. At the midpoint of the NBA season is here, and now the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's a bonus bet back at your first bet if your first bet doesn't win, right? $1,000, y'all. 
Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe and secure and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drains. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you do get your podcast. All right, Keith, we talked about Tobias Harris yesterday. As mentioned, you were on uh, 97.5 The Fanatic with Anthony Gargano on my station, and he asked you about Tobias Harris possibly coming off the bench, similar to what Maxie is doing right now. Uh, But you shot that down. I agree with you. Should there be any lineup changes? Because there has been a big storm of fans that have looked at it where maybe P.J. Tucker should be coming off the bench. Is it time to reinsert Tyrese Maxey back into the lineup? And as you and I talked about yesterday and we laughed at it a bit, Doc Rivers talked about having three lineups since moving Tyrese Maxey to the bench, and we haven't seen the other two yet. Tonight, they start with the Grizzlies going forward with the next 24 games after tonight. Do you feel like at least beginning tonight, maybe even deeper into the the schedule, that they should look to change some things with the lineup? I mean, the only change I think they could possibly make, if we're going to be real, is Maxi back into the lineup. There are some people who think that they're going to they want to get PJ like some people like yo get PJ Tucker out of there. Like we're tired of watching them. So is it for Tucker or for Melton? No, it would be for Melton. You know what I mean? You ain't going to get Tucker out of there. See, here's the problem right now. Um, You know, when you have Tucker came here for one reason, they gave him 30 plus million dollars because he was going to be the starting forward. That's why he came here over Miami. So if if you take Tucker out of the starting lineup now, regardless of what you how you feel he plays, then you might lose him and you might lose the locker room. Right. If you take Tobias Harris out of the starting lineup, the same thing. So, you know, is a reason why Tyrese Maxey was the guy <laughs> who they got rid of because he's a young guy. He's a nice guy. This and that. You're not taking James Harden out of the starting lineup. You're just not. So, you know, I feel like if they do make a move for a starting um, for like taking someone out of the starting lineup, it will be Maxey for Melton. Now here's the thing about it. Melton has been in a in a in a struggle, right? He's been struggling the last month playing. He hasn't been playing well. I feel like, you know, if he doesn't, if he doesn't pick up his game and he can't make any stops and can't make any shots, you may look at it like, well, we might as well put Maxi back up in there. But I think he's more of a defensive player than, you know, Maxi. Well, he is, we all know that. So if he's getting people running by him, what do you think they're going to do to Max? So I just kind of think that you might as well uh, you might as well stick with it right about now and just hope he gets out of this rut. The one for me, of course, if they were to make a change, would be Maxi back in the starting lineup. Like yeah. you, 
And I understand the frustrations with P.J. Tucker because of the lack of scoring. The last week and a half, Keith, he's picked up his scoring where he's actually hitting shots again. And and uh, that's going to be key in the postseason along with his defensive performance. But overall, I, I'm in agreement with you that if they're not going to make that move, which they're not, if you remember in the preseason when we were talking about this, because a lot of Sixer fans were having the question of bringing him off the bench and Matisse Thibault should be in the starting lineup, then it was like, come on, y'all. I mean, think about it. You know, while he may not have been an $83 million signing, he was at 33 or 30, what was it, 37, 33, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 30s, he was brought in here to do exactly what he's doing in that start on this basketball team. So, folks, I would say be patient with it because if anything, Keith, I think that like we have seen, if a game is going a certain way, someone's numbers as far as minutes on that particular night may go down and that's going to be key too because we're talking about sacrifice at the beginning of the year it's going to be sacrifice for those things too you're a deep team different types of players there's flexibility someone's going to probably have to take a hit in terms of minutes in a particular game or even in a particular series as we get deeper because of how well they may be playing with player x in that spot for the one that they're replacing so uh hang in there folks pj tucker is going to remain in the starting lineup and that's what you're going to get right now. Uh, when we come back, we'll get into our final segment, and that will be previewing tonight's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is second in the West, the Sixers third in the East. They're not too far off in terms of games won on the season. We'll talk about this matchup coming up next right here, Locked On 76ers. Welcome back to Locked On 76ers. All right, Keith, we got the Sixers and the Grizzlies. First game back from the break. Sixers and the Grizzlies tonight at the center. 38-19 uh, are the Philadelphia 76ers right now, as we know. And uh, they're playing some pretty good basketball at this time. And for the Memphis Grizzlies, again, as I mentioned, second in the conference out west behind the Denver Nuggets. And uh, for the Grizzlies right now, out there on the on, on the West Coast, they are 35 and 22. So keep the Sixers actually have a better record um, with 57 games for both teams in the books. Sixers have a better record uh, over this team right now. Uh, as you look at this one, and we know the key players in 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 this um, in this game, we do. But if I, if I were to ask you right now, as you look at things this being the second matchup where the Sixers lost on December 2nd in Memphis, 117-109. What are the key matchups? What are the keys to the game for this one as they come back game one? Man, this is, uh, you know, it, to, to me, you know, th this is, is going to be a tough one. I mean, for the well, I think the Sixers could win. But in regards to matchups, like, it's really tough. I mean, right now, you know, I was just looking at the injury report to see, you know, uh, you know what the status is because, um, you know, uh, 
what's his name? What's the center? Um, Steven Adams. Adams. You know, he's been injured. But and so they're starting a guy, Xavier Tillman, who's only six eight, six eight, two forty five. He's a burly guy, muscular, yeah. all that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So they got the, the Michigan State front line with him and Jaron Jackson. But when I'm looking at it is like the matchup to me is is the best one that I'll get is Ja Morant and um DeAnthony Melton. Like, you know, that's his best friend. That's his guy. And I, I, we, we got to see what he's going to do with him. We, we got to see what he's going to do against him because it's going to be tough for him, I believe, man. It's going to be tough for them. And, and like, but because last time, now, last time I, I, I say that DeAnthony Melton was a little over amped up. He wanted to go there and show his boys that, hey, look, y'all, and show the team that y'all messed up by giving up on me and trading me to Philadelphia, right? And I, I felt like he played with too much emotion. And and I, it wasn't like he was trying to start fights or nothing. But sometimes you get so amped up that you're trying to make a play to where you're always out of position. And I felt like that was the problem for him right then and there. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, he, he struggled a little bit. So to me, I want to see if he could have a bounce back game. You know, um, it would be nice for him to knock down some shots. But. I think defense first against John ja Morant. What is he going to do against the All-Star? I'll go with, um, and when I say this one, I guess I'm going on both sides of the ball. If this is the matchup, Desmond Bain and James Harden with those two guys. Because Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks, whatever one they decide to stick on James Harden, but I believe James Harden will be running around with, uh, Dylan, uh, Desmond Bain and not Dylan Brooks because of just the height advantage and, and all of that. That's going to be an important one because the last game, while Ja Moran had 20, Desmond Bain led, uh, was second on the team in scoring with 24 behind Jaron Jackson over there, went over the Jazz. Jaron Jackson had 26, Desmond Bain 24. We know how hot he can get from beyond the three-point line. James Harden is going to have to be uh, really attentive and be alert of where he is at all times on the floor because if he gets loose, he can knock those things down. And he has to be there. But then on the other end, Bain trying to defend James Harden. If we know James Harden will really set things up like he does, um, you know, he can he can really take advantage of Desmond Bain. Desmond Bain is a physical defender and young and can keep up with James Harden in that sense. But can he be effective? Can he get to the basket like he was before the All-Star break, finishing at the rim with those teardrops? Hitting those catch-and-shoot shots too, Keith, which is really important, something we talked about all the way back to last season. That Those two squaring off, if that's the matchup uh, on, on, on this night at the center, then that should be a pretty, pretty good one uh, tonight in, in South Philadelphia. It should be. Now, here's something else. Another guy I, I think we pay attention to, Sixers fans need to, is Dylan Brooks. You know, Dylan Brooks has had. He annoys the heck out of me, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, you know, he annoys. All the way people. back to Oregon. I can't stand he, the guy. He he, uh, he annoys people, but he also rains threes, too. And he gets stuff, right? You know what I mean? He gets the shots. So he's someone who pay attention to, like, you know, who's guarding him, who he's guarding. Is he going to frustrate people? Um, but, but also, you know, he's had some pretty good games against the Sixers. I mean, it was games where. Everyone's focusing on Jaron Jackson Jr. and they're focusing on Ja Morant. And then next thing you know, he's the one that's like, you know, getting he heating up and you can't stop him. So 
So that's a guy. And I, I think what, who are you put on them? Do you put the bias on them? You know, so, so again, it, it's just, that's the, to me, he's the wild card. I, I say PJ Tucker defends him. And I think Tobias runs around with uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. And, or, you know, vice versa. I think there might be a cross-matching thing there. And I also, when we talk about Tobias Harris with Jaron Jackson, if that's the matchup, you got to put a body on him on the offensive, uh, on the defensive side of things on the boards. And you also got to be careful with your approach on offense because that guy is a defensive player of the year candidate. And he can he can do a lot of different things and have a lot of different uh, impacts on the game on the defensive side at the rim on the perimeter he moves his feet really well but he is very very good at shot blocking they, they have to be aware so a big start Keith with the Memphis Grizzlies Saturday the Boston Celtics both here in Philadelphia and then the Miami Heat also here in Philadelphia so it's going to be a, uh, a a really tough start it's going to say a lot for the Sixers uh, as the Sixer fans pay attention to what they're doing. We thank you all for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. On our next episode tomorrow, we'll break this one down. We'll talk about this game, look ahead to the game against the Boston Celtics on Saturday, and see how things played out against the Grizzlies. Now, make your second listen, Locked On NBA. We're Locked On experts who are covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, do you mind letting the good folks know where they can find it? Yeah, like my man D said, wherever you get your podcast, you can get uh, you can get this podcast and click on the Liberty Bell so you can know when our subscribers on the YouTube channel. But tonight, listen to my man D from ten thirty to midnight. So D, I'm assuming that's going to be the post game show, right? That's the post game show. Yeah. Yep. So listen to D uh, from ten thirty midnight after you watch the Sixers game or listen to it, whatever you do, do that. Um, but also, if you can follow my man D at Divine G nine seven five on on uh, on on Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and you can read my stuff in the Philly Inquirer. Keith, always a pleasure, man. Always fun. Should be a good one tonight. I'll see you there. All right, man. See you there. Peace. All right.